Welcome again to Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, how are you? I am very, very well. It's certainly warming up out there yet again. How hot can it be over oh, and over again? I was a dripping sweat walking up here today. Oh, how far did you have to walk? Ah, oh, about two metres. Oh, okay. It wasn't very far at all, really. And in the air conditioning as well. <laughs> very good, Scott. It is our last show for the year. What do you have for us? It's our Christmas special, isn't it? I thought we'd talk about uh, Fandango for your mango. Fandango for your mango. Yes, well, some, some rhyming well, this afternoon. Yeah, I thought we'd talk about the diseases they can get because they're out at the moment. Uh, just about the hot weather and some fantastic plants you can put in to cover the ground. And uh, keeping your live Christmas tree uh, alive after, you know, the tinsel and everything's come off. And after the, the big day. Yeah, and in the spirit of it, I've turned up in my fancy Christmas hat today. And, and the, Is it really a Christmas hat? or It is, it is. Because floating around the office, Dr. Seuss got thrown around quite yeah, a fair I know, bit. I know, But uh, it does look, it's a bit where's Wally as well, but I think it looks uh, Oh yeah, it's a little bit like that as well. Easy yeah. to find though. Where's your hat, Greg? It's it's in the in the post. Okay. It's on the way. <laughs> and we've got Beryl from Belmonts, and we're talking about petunias. How can we help you, Beryl? Oh, hello. Um, <clears throat> I've uh, always listened to your program, but never rang in before. I don't think I'm uh, I'm living in a retirement village out here at Belmont. And um, we don't have much uh, garden space at all. It's mainly just a front courtyard and a back courtyard. So I mainly have <clears throat> everything growing in pots. And uh, I've been so lucky so far. Everything seems to be growing all right. I even put some um, yellow roses in and they're flowered. And, uh, and I'll put some petunias in. And uh, I just think that uh, the petunias... At this time of the year, are just so colourful, um, coming on Christmas, and I, I just, I really love them. Yeah, I do, and um, grow as many as I can. And uh, so far, so good. But um, I don't think I've got any problems really, um, other than with the grass dying a little bit. But um, uh, once we put some weed and feed on it. It uh, seems to have come back, but we might need to do it again, I think. But uh, just uh, thank you for your program. Well, well th thank you very much for calling up, Beryl. And, and look, it's great that your petunias have got so much colour at the moment. And I, I think your grass, you just keep on, when you get these hot days like today, make sure it's, you're still watering it in the morning and again, uh, you know, after four o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, just to give it that, that really good boost up. Even have the slow sprinkler on there trickling away. Uh, yeah. but yeah, look, the weed and feed, it's great, um, for, you know, giving it a quick instant sort of feed. But then, uh, it's also best to use number 17 as well to give it some body. And if you've got a lawnmower man make sure he's not mowing it you know down really really fine uh, right. because that allows you know it doesn't protect the root system you haven't got the foliage there to protect the root system no no and and, and they uh, they did mow today so um i didn't get a chance to say anything yeah but um <clears throat> but no i'll uh, i'll try the uh, number 17 and uh, see if that will bring it back i think it was that really hot day Oh, look, it just burnt it. It, it really did. And it's, it's, it's only cooch that we've got, um, here in the retirement village. And, um, so it, it needs quite a bit of water. So that's what I, I guess that's what I need to do is, um, 
use some number 17 and um and plenty of water look the, the great thing about cooch as well is it can be shriveled up and brown and you know yeah. you can almost have bare dirt there but cooch its root system is in under the ground there and as soon as you get a, a burst of rain it will just come back for you and you'll have you know you pretty much have yourself a bowling green mm, there ready right, to go after that first right. bit of rain you get yeah so it is oh, really that's really good, good to hear that that yeah. is very good to hear because uh, as i said that really hot day it just looked as though it wasn't going to uh, come back but it did yeah and that now, has and uh, and i'll now, pick the water up to it though oh excellent now beryl in, in the uh, in the festive spirit that we've got here today well i've got here today old greg the grinch over there hasn't got his hat on <laughs> <laughs> have you have you got any festive gear that you like to wear for christmas or have i got any yeah like a fancy hat or anything like that oh yeah oh excellent well <laughs> We should send it in next year for Greg to wear. He's, he's, he's just not into it today. I need something. He needs something. Well, thanks for the call, Beryl. We really appreciate it, and have a lovely Christmas. Yes, you too. Okay. And, uh, I do enjoy your program. Thank yes. you for that. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. No worries, Beryl. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you do have any questions for Scott Sharp, you can give us a call on 49216 at 216. And we've got Margaret from Walls End. You've got some spots on your roses, Margaret. Yes. And I'm I'm no gardener, so I don't know the technical term. No. Sorry. <laughs> what sort of spots are they? What colour are they? They're black spots. Ah. The ye- leaves go yellow and got black spots on them. This is the magic of calling us up. We don't actually have to do any work. You've just answered the question for yourself, actually, Margaret. They, they, it is called black spot. <laughs> <laughs> I was leading the witness there is what I was actually doing. And, and black spots are fungal disease that roses really commonly get here in Newcastle. There's almost uh, you know, nothing you can do to keep it away completely. The best thing you can try and do is keep it under control. And there's a number of different chemicals you can use to do that. Yeah. Uh, you can use either manganese plus or copper oxychloride you can also use a product called triferine and I, I think the best thing to do is to probably grab you know both of them or two of them and just alternate those that, so that the uh, the uh, fungal spores don't get used to one particular thing and that should keep it under co- control using it about every week as well and if we've had a lot of rain and humidity that's when you need to use it again so is it you realize you will have to spell those for me <laughs> I have yes. no idea what they are. That's all right. It's called, one's called copper oxychloride, yeah. and the other one uh, you can use is Mancozeb Plus, or you can also use Triferine. It's all right. Okay. T-R-I-N-G. Yes, yeah, so any any good garden centre, and take a couple of leaves in there just to show them, to confirm it all for them, but uh, any good garden centre will be able to help you out with that. Thank you so much. Okay, not a problem, Margaret. You have a absolutely beautiful Christmas. Thank you. You too. Okay, thank you. Bye. We've got Marie from Swansea. Marie, how can we help you down south there? <laughs> Hi, Scott. Um, for the last oh, three months, I've been trying to buy some Maria Minamin, the yes. little dwarf one. Yes. Can't get them. I can't find them anywhere. And I even had someone try to order them for me, and that didn't work either. Um, do you know... Any idea why they wouldn't be available? Or often people, you know, growers just grow what they can sell. And although yeah. Minamin was, you know, fairly popular a couple of years ago because it was a new variety yeah. and people were just going, oh, fantastic. I yeah. think what they discovered is it's actually very, very slow growing. 
Oh, right. Yeah, but it is actually an excellent plant. It will tolerate mm. really, really dry conditions. It gets up, uh, you know, probably up to chest height, I guess. Uh, it looks yeah. fantastic as, as a hedge, and it, once it gets mm. all those little white flowers over, it looks like, uh, you know, mm. Korean box, I guess, but, uh, yeah. but with the flowers on it. So it is actually quite a good plant, very tough, but the, the downside to it is that it is very slow growing. doesn't like wet feet. That's what I discovered with it. Uh, but mm. yeah, look, a very good plant. Uh, there are people still growing it. I, I'm pretty sure we had some, you know, three or four months ago, but it, it's uh, few and far between now, the growers yeah. that are actually doing it. Mm, okay, I might have to... I wanted them on the north side along the fence line. Yes. Uh, I didn't want them taller than the fence, and I thought they would be... Um yeah, that would be ideal because it gets the hot sun all day. Yeah, look, I, I, I do, ideal for that. You can also use uh, just plain old Japanese box if you want to. It'll get a bit taller. The only thing you don't get on that is the flowers and the no, leaves, yeah. and the leaves are oh. slightly bigger. Yeah, I wanted the flowers. Yeah, yeah. Not to worry. Keep on, keep on trying. I, look, I know it's not <laughs> as, as common as it used to be, uh, and just see if oh. people can, can source it out for you. They used to be everywhere. Yeah, they they yeah. did, yeah. Five years ago, they were quite prevalent. I think, you know, yeah. as they, they got a little bit more, you know, people growing them, they realised they maybe, you know, they, not that they were touchy, but they weren't, you know, there were better things out there to grow. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. No, it's Marie. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. We've got Jill from Salamander Bay. We're talking French pennies. Oh, frangy pennies. You know what they remind me of, Jill, and I'm sure they remind you of it as well. Magnum PI. <laughs> what is it? Magnum PI. Don't, don't Franchi Panties remind you of Hawaii and? I oh, actually the one I've got has sentimental value. Oh, see there I we go. Had it, uh, for my wedding. I think Franchi Panties often do have sentimental value for people. You know, they'll have them in one house and they'll take a cutting and then yeah. they'll stick it in the ground and it'll grow again for them. And then if they move house again, they'll take another cutting and. Uh, so yeah, I think well, they do have sentimental value. Dying. Um, oh. So, how, describe what's happening to it for us, Jill. Uh, um, you know, the kind of the outside bark. Yes. It's, uh, it, it's peeling off. Yes. And underneath it, it's really, really black. Okay. And some of the um, little branches are just breaking off if you touch them. Yeah, now sometimes frangipanis can get a borer and that's the way it, it you know, they get the borer in there and then they're not able to process all the, the, the moisture in the soil and they start to rot away inside and they leave the bark on the outside and you don't really know what's happening and then when you start to crunch it away you find out that the plants sort of gone away inside. So look, they can, they can get borer. Uh, you need to treat that uh, with insect and, and mite killer and spray that if you can find any holes uh, and usually up around those tips where, where, where you found the dive back that's where you would actually spray uh, and look I, I don't think it's going to be a problem up at salamander uh, but french panties don't like you know wet feet they don't like being in soggy no. conditions but that's not going to be a problem up at your place uh, the other thing that can happen and it happened to mine out the front of my house is mm. that we had that really bad cold wet winter and all the tips just died back now it's it's reshooting sort of from below the die back now yeah. but for you know for some time i actually thought you know it, it wasn't going to make it there so I'd, I'd have a uh, you know just have a bit of a prod around see if you can find any insects uh, you know any holes with sawdust coming out of them that's an that's an indication for borer which you'd spray for um, uh, but otherwise just make sure you know obviously it's not uh, with wet feet and uh, uh, see, I've see all the grass away around it yes uh, and I've just broken off the dead bits 
Yeah, that, that's the best thing to do. Actually get, get some secateurs or some loppers and, and cut off below the, the dye back. And then, uh, there's a product called Steri Prune, which is essentially, I guess it's a tar based paint. And you can actually use that and spray the ends and it will actually seal it up. I guess you could use some wood putty as well if you wanted to, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Steri Prune's the easiest thing to do. It just seals up the ends so no more, okay, uh, pest what's that again? It's called Steri Prune. Could you spell it? Oh, yeah, it? sure, yeah. It's got S T. E R I P R U N E. Steri prune. Yeah, like, as in it's been sterilized and pruned, and that's, I guess, yeah. what you're doing with it. I'll get some of that then. Yeah, okay. And look for the borers. Okay, well, good luck with that, Jill. Thanks, Scott. Okay, very thank much. you. Cheers. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 and you RFM 103.7, and I'm glad someone else didn't get that mag- Magnum PI reference. Oh, but I knew you would, and that was the main thing. I knew you'd look over me at me with that funny look you get in your eye whenever I say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is Gardening Talk back. We'll talk a bit about Christmas trees a bit later on. Yes, we can, about uh, getting your uh, beautiful Christmas tree. You've had your lights and tinsel on. If you've got a live one, getting it back outside. If you've got a fake one, uh, you probably just want to put it back into the box. And we have Sharon from East Maitland. How can we help you today, Sharon? Um, yeah, look, I've just got a general question. Camellias, yes. they self-seed? Yes, well, they, the flower comes on and then they do have a seed pot and it, wow. it, and it can <laughs> drop down to the ground and, of course, yeah, yeah it can self-seed. Uh, no, no, I mean, where I lived before, I had there were lots of camellias. Yeah. I don't recall them ever self-seeding. But I've when I, since I've been here, I've planted two camellias, what, six years ago now. Yeah. And this this season... There's all these little things around them, and I swear, they look like little camellias coming up. Look, that's all it's going to be. You know, roses self-seed as well. Now, the trouble with growing roses from seed is that you get variation, and it's yeah. the same with growing camellias from seed. That's that's why they're grown from, from cuttings or from mm. tissue culture, because if they, they find that perfect flower and they want to continue mm. it on, then they have to do that from cuttings. And if they mm. start going from seed, then you get natural variation and you just get different. So that's all your little camellias that are coming up. They may well be very similar, but there also might be some change in there as well. And that, that's why people, uh, you know, do cuttings yeah. from roses and, and graft them or bud them rather yeah. than actually growing them from seed. They're also very touchy as well as a young plant roses, so not very good. But your camellias are a little bit tougher. You could probably dig those up if you wanted to and spread the love around oh, for Christmas. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I could get, get some in another spot then. It most certainly could, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Excellent, not a problem. Thank you. Bye. All right, this is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We're heading up to my neck of the woods, Beresfield, with Val. Hello. Hello, Val. How can we help you? Uh, I hope you can. Yes. Um, I was given a, a poinsettia plant. It's not the real red one. Yes. It's like a cream with red streaks through it. Uh, and I was wondering, how high do they grow? Yeah, poinsettias can get into quite a big plant. There are some dwarf ones and there are some that have also, you know, they actually will spray them with a dwarfing agent to keep them small. But uh, generally, if you put your uh, poinsettia out into the garden, it can get, oh, you know, two metres, two and a half metres tall over time. But they are a plant that can be pruned very, very hard and they stay nice and full for you. Uh, so, look, they are, they are a good plant out in the full sun. I always remember going out through Toronto, you know, up the main street street as if you're going out towards Kilburn Bay and you go up over the top and curve around to the right and uh, there's a big hedge of them out there and uh, look they do very very well but I think the people keep them pruned back but uh, they're getting up to about full height those ones they're two and a half to three meters tall uh, 
Yes, yeah. so can I grow it in a pot at all? Or yeah, not? yeah, certainly. Just keep it in the pot. Uh, get it back outside. They don't, you know, they they'll handle being indoors, but they prefer to be back outside. Uh, you know, after Christmas is over, and uh, you can keep them in a pot. You can put them up into a bigger pot, prune them back, and just make sure they're nice and well fed. And uh, when it gets back to winter again, it'll redden up for you. It won't redden up for you again in summer for Christmas no. here because we just trick them into thinking that they're that it's uh, you know winter here for Christmas. Uh, and you'll certainly get some beautiful red poinsettias again if you do Christmas in July, which I'm very seriously thinking about doing myself with this hat. It's Christmas <laughs> every day with your hat on. <laughs> this is not. Yes, now I've never ever seen one growing in anybody's yard and I just wondered, you know, just how big do they grow because I don't want things too big that I can't Look after them. Yeah, they, they certainly. There's little ones uh, called Princetia, which which is a, a pinky coloured one, and it seems to stay smaller. But the old-fashioned red ones will get quite large. Yes. Oh, okay then. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for your help. That's all right. Have a very pleasant Christmas, Val. Same to you. Bye bye. It is Gardening Talk back on 2 FM. If you do have any questions for Scott Sharp, give us a call on four nine two one six two one six, and we've got Larry from Lambton. Larry, how can we help you today? It's just a question, I don't know whether you've heard of them, uh, seeds on like biodegradable strips that you can lay uh, out in the garden. Yes. Yeah, that, that's yeah. certainly right, mate. Yeah, and, and it just keeps them so they're already sort of pre-measured out. Uh, you don't have to you sort of walk a straight line and uh, you can just lay that strip out there and cover it back over and it, they'll just grow for you in, in exactly the right spot. That's a great right, idea. Yeah. Like the seeds are spaced or something as well. They are. Look, I'm pretty sure Yates. I'm pretty sure Yates did those, and they called them seed tapes. So uh, you, you might still, oh, yeah, right. you should be able to still get those. Yeah, I just that's the other thing because I was up in Queensland and, and the brother had them, and yep. I just wasn't sure whether they're available down here. So. Yeah, no, no, certainly yeah. you can certainly get them and uh, do that. Yep, but it's a, it's a good idea. It just sort of saves you all that uh, time spacing them out, and uh, you know yeah. the seeds can be quite small as well, and you almost need a you know a pair of tweezers oh, to get them out, and uh, so yeah. that, that's already it's already, already pre done for you. Yeah, a lot of times you put too many in, and you've got to try and thin them out. Yep. Do you look at your, your nursery. Uh, look, I'm I'm not quite sure about that. Uh, I if you give them a call, I'm sure they can help you out with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I might do over there at times anyhow. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for that, Scott. Okay. Thank thanks you, Larry. Good luck with it, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, Larry. Now we've got Anne from Lemon Tree Passage. More frangipanis. Uh, yeah, it's about the frangipani, but before I start, I'm just wrapping up my Christmas presents with my Christmas hat on. Oh, fantastic. So I just yeah. thought I'd tell you I was in the mood. And you you are... A, <laughs> at least there's somebody. You're a woman after my heart. And I'm a sight to see at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be Mrs. Claus if you want to my Santa. Oh, thank you, Scott. Um, the frangipani tree, you made a comment about people having um, sentimental value to yes. them. My frangipani tree has come from gone from Gunnedah to Rudy Hill to Tanilba Bay to Lemon Tree Passage to my place and then to the next door and to a neighbour down the road. Ah, see, now just all, all from cuttings? All from the cuttings from the same plant. Yeah, I, re- I remember when I, I lived in the junction, uh, uh, there was one I called the Kenrick Street Pink because yes. there was a, a tree in Kenrick Street that had it and yes. it just sort of got spread around the neighbourhood and eventually yes. I had Kenrick Street yes. Pink in Jenna yes. Parade. Yes, so yeah, so they do have yeah. They, and how did it go out of Gunnedah with the, the oh, cold out it there? Oh, absolutely fl- flourished out there. Oh, see, I thought the cold would would uh, get them in winter. No, I think it's more the heat in summer. Oh, That's okay. The best thing for it. But I, what I have noticed since it's been here at Lemon Tree, mm-hmm. the gum trees around it are growing bigger and bigger, and the tr- 
French, a penny doesn't seem to be get flowering as much, probably because it's getting more shade than it used to. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah, they do need the full yeah. sun to, to uh, get uh, their flowering yeah. going as much as possible. The other yeah. thing that happens to them, once they're in the shade like that, they start to get a bit sort of sparse and thin in their, you know, their leaf yeah. structure and, and they also get more, uh, you know, they're more uh, susceptible to rust and fungal diseases as well. But there's not much you can do about it, unfortunately. No, this is, this is just lovely. It's got a few flowers on it at the moment, but compared to others around, they're just flourishing, but... But anyway, it's got a lot of sentimental value for me. Excellent, excellent. Okay. Okay, and th- thank you for ringing up about your hat story. I, <laughs> I really appreciate that. <laughs> Only the dog can see me. Nobody else is home. That's all right. We, we can see you in our mind. Okay, thank you, Scott. Thank you. Officially okay, your favourite caller for the year. Absolutely. It's made my day and, uh, yeah, sort of... And you're over there with no hat on and looking a bit little oh, I'm standing a bit festive, though. <laughs> How's that? I don't know. I've got the, some sort of festive stance. If you had a tinsel boa around your neck, that'd look a bit cute. It w- yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Bit, yes, anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> speaking of Christmas, let's move on with Christmas. Uh, Christmas trees. You're yep. talking about how you can look after them after the Christmas day. So a lot of people love having live Christmas trees inside, and it is a nice thing to do because they smell just that little bit different. They don't smell like, you know, the top of the cupboard or, you know, upstairs in my roof when you unpack them every year. If you've got a live Christmas tree... Some people like that nice smell of dust. That that musty sort of (laughs) dusty smell. (laughs) No, I don't personally. Uh, But if you've got a beautiful live one, then they have that that nice piney scent to them, and it makes you feel better that there's something actually alive in in the house. So if you have got uh, one inside, the most important thing to do is to have it in a saucer of water don't over water it but just keep on you know keeping it moist over the uh, over the christmas period and then the the i guess the probably the most important thing with it is once you're finished and you've taken all your decorations and your lights and yep. your tinsel and the, the star and all those beautiful things you've got on there to make it all festive like my hat is to not then grab that tree and stick it straight out in the full sun because it's been Okay, I was just about to ask you, can you stick it outside afterwards? Well, but you, you can, but you have to ease it out out there. So you need to get it on... A branch at a time? Well, listen, no, not quite <laughs> like that. You need to get it out on the veranda first and then maybe out into a little bit more sun the week later and then, you know, possibly after week three, you'd get it out into the full sun and keep on watering it during that time. You don't want to give it that sort of shock from being an indoor plant yep. to all of a sudden being a, hey, I'm out in the full sun plant and no one's looking after me anymore. I've done my job. I've had my baubles and my tinsel, yep. and now no one's looking after me. That's not going to be a happy Christmas tree for 2016. So it is possible to keep your tree again for next year. Absolutely. The great thing about them is that they're slow growing, so they don't, you know, all of a sudden get up to the roof and, and take off. You can repot them slowly into larger pots. Yep. And, uh, yeah, look, you can have your tree and keep it looking nice for five or six years, probably before it actually gets a little bit too heavy to take inside. So, yeah, an ideal thing to have, but most important thing is to uh, not stick it straight out there in the full sun. Keep on watering it as normal. And, uh, yeah, d- and don't let it sit in a big, deep saucer of water. So look after it like you would look after all your other plants. Yeah, a, a normal indoor plant. And it will survive the three or four weeks of the festive season. And uh, look at me, I'm all bright and smiley today, aren't I? <laughs> Here's Gardening Tour back on 2 and UR FM. Any questions for Scott Sharp, even regarding Christmas ideas, give us a call on 49216216. We've got Robin from Toronto about cornflowers. Uh, yes. Um, they've got lots of flowers, but there's lots of dead ones on the cornflowers. Yes. There's quite big bushes. Do I pull them out or cut them off? or? 
Yeah, you, you, well, we like to call it deadheading. It sounds a little bit um, mean for this time of year. A bit morbid. A bit morbid, but yeah, call it deadhead. Oh. We call it deadheading. You just go around and, and give your cornflowers, you know, take off those old flowers. You do the same thing with roses. Most flowering plants, you can do that. Uh, I guess with cornflowers, if you, you know, weren't that dedicated to them, you could just get your shears and sort of lightly run over the top and give them a small prune back. But then it's going to probably take about, uh, you know, three or four weeks before you start getting some more flower bud on there. So yeah, just go give them a light deadhead and uh, that'll get them to uh, you know keep that um, uh, flower going for a little bit longer for you all right okay excellent i'll do that thank you okay thank, thank you, you robin Scott. cheers no worries. We've got Margaret from Saltash about bleeding hearts and roses yes. it's a nice bleeding heart there's no bleeding hearts around here margaret <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know what its real name is um it's i know it's bleeding heart yep it's, it's also called clerodendron Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. It just looks like a little bleeding heart. It's a pure white yeah. flower with that, the, this white uh, yeah, insert white into with it. The red yeah, centre. yeah, it looks really beautiful. Yes, um, could be better name than bleeding heart, though. Yeah, I know, but I guess <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's just sort of a bit of a Shakespearean tragedy there, or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an old one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Sorry, Margaret. You're right. <laughs> it's um, it is. I've got it in a pot. Yes. And it had they have like oval shaped leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it's come through all, all this new growth, and the leaves are all, um, it looks like a grape, um, not a grape, it looks like a passion fruit vine. The leaves are three, not just oval, they've got three. Right, okay. Like a, like a, it looks like a passion fruit vine to me, and it's, it's grown out of that, but now it's started new shoots coming out, and they've gone back to the oval shape, but they're, and they're very much darker. The, the three, Pronged ones are like a, ver- a light shade, light colour, and um, and I wonder why it's done that. I don't, I don't know. That sounds very unusual. As long as the, it's coming back quite normal, I wouldn't be concerned about it. And have you tried to trace those shoots back down to the base of the plant to make sure that, you know, it hasn't actually, you know, magically sprouted a passion fruit or something like that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I might do that. Yeah. I was thinking of just cutting, because there's a fair bit of it. Like, yes. I was thinking of seeing all this new lot has come out. I was thinking of just cutting off the, all that one that has the different sort of leaf on it. Um, and just letting all the new ones come up. But I've still got some of the old leaves there yeah. from the original plant, and that's the oval. And the leaves are like a very dark green. So that, that sounds right. So often when you've got something like that happening with a plant, it is good to have a, you know, a quick Hansel and Gretel moment and follow the trail, uh, you know, back down into the pot and see what you can find. And sometimes you might find that, oh, you know, a rogue plant has decided to uh, raise its head there and it's saying, oh, thanks very much. You're watering me. You're fertilizing me and off it goes and it can take over. So yeah, trace it back and, and have a look. And if you have found, you know, a different stem sneaking up there, you can just cut that off at the base or pull it out. I did, I did it. One time, um, I had some passion fruit seeds, and I planted them all in, not in that pot, yes. but I don't think I did anyway. <laughs> and and they were growing. I've got them growing in a pot further away. And um, and I mate, when you said that, I thought oh, maybe one of the seeds somehow. Well, it could, it could, you know, you could have a, you know, a possum or something doing his, um, doing his business as he travels around. He eats something, you know, and it, off it goes and eventually finds itself down in that yeah. pot. So it might be, might be worth, you know, just tracing that back and seeing if you can find. And I've got a rose that was given to me, um, by my work colleagues and it's called Jude the Obscure. Yes. And, um, it. Oh, we haven't, haven't heard of that, of course. <laughs> Sorry? We haven't heard of that rose, of course. It's, no, it's, it's, it's obscure. A, yeah. um, 
English rose. Yes. Um, and it was beautiful. Flower, it had flowers on it, and they had a beautiful perfume. And it's when you know they die off or at the end of the season, and yep. it's come back now. I, sh- I cut it down low to make it thicker. I have got it in a pot. Um, but it's come back with all these shoots, but it looks more like a climbing rose. It just has these long shoots, and I cut some off thinking it would sprout out new shoots, but they just it grow. It's got two long ones growing off it, and there's been no flowers come out on it. Yeah. So what's probably happened there is it's either grown from uh, you know from the root stock, well essentially, or, or from below the bud, and that's they often graft roses onto briar stock, or you know I guess what you might call a climbing rose, oh, and yeah. and that's probably what's happened there. So try and trace those back again and cut them right back, and you can actually rub a little bit of sandpaper uh, where you've made your cut as well, just to try and stop anything coming good, uh, you know, coming back through. You have to be really careful about that because eventually the briar rose will actually take over the uh, the rose that you like uh, and will, yeah, you won't have your rose anymore. Okay. So yeah, oh, try and trace okay. it back, cut it back. If you can cut it back below the soil, or if you find it's come from the from the uh, you know from the stem of the rose, you can actually get some sandpaper and just rub that back as well. Okay then. Excellent. Thank you very much okay. for your help. Not a problem at all, Margaret. Happy Christmas to you all. And to you, you too. Have a, a safe Christmas and a lovely. Time. Thank you. Okay then. Okay, cheers. Thank you very much. Bye bye. We've got Ron from Arcadia Vale. You got some problems with your cucumbers and zucchinis? Yeah, I have. Yeah, good day. I turned around over the years. I've grown a few varieties of cucumbers and and zucchinis. Yep. And I've always used a sort of a milk spray. I've got a lot of crystal apples on a present and Lebanese, and they just uh, there's a lot uh, like on the on the plants, but. They're just starting to get powdery mildew on them. And I've got copper oxychloride, but I've never used it. Yeah, you can certainly use copper oxychloride. I'd probably use um, Mancazeb Plus, though, if you were going to, to get rid of your powdery mildew. It seems to work a little bit better on it. Uh, it's interesting about your milk spray. I've always wondered why that actually works. I wonder if it just leaves sort of a coating as well. That, uh, that, I think it does. Yeah, that the bad. fungal spores can't attach with. That's probably how that works. But it, it sounds like if you are getting that, that uh, powdery mildew coming through now. I'd grab some Mancazet Plus. Uh, if you can't, you know, get to the shop, you know, quickly use your uh, copper oxychloride and try and arrest it a little bit. But otherwise, you, uh, yeah, you probably need to get some Mancazet and give it a go with that. And, and Scott, there's quite a few good-sized kiwis at there, especially mm-hmm. the crystal apples. There's no trouble spraying the fruit with mancozeb? No, no, look, and look, from memory the withholding period is only very very slight uh, with mancozeb, I mean essentially it puts a coating over it, it's not absorbed into the plant in any way and oh, uh, you just wash it off and, and that uh, that gets rid of it, but I think you know, they, they, on the packaging they might have a couple of days for a withholding period, but that's all, it's, it's minimal. Oh, thanks. Well, you have a great Christmas and thanks for your advice. Okay, thank you for the call, Ron. See ya, okay, bye. Appreciate it, bye-bye. Now, as is Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM, and Scott, I think we've got time possibly for one more call. Okay. And we've got Val from Pelican. Yes, good afternoon, Scott. How uh, can we help you, Val? Just a brief uh, question. I have um, frangipanis growing in pots because I don't have the room in the garden to put them. Yes. Um, they're all different um, colours and that, but I was just wondering if there's a special food that I would have to give them. They, they're growing well, but I didn't know if they get too high or too big, if there's something I need to to give them. Oh, look, there's not really anything special that you'd give frangipanis. You'd give them an all-round uh, liquid fertiliser like Flourish if you've got them in pots. And okay. if you want them to flower especially, you'd give them potash. Potash. <laughs> 
potash. It really helps the flowering, and that's what you want your frangipani to do. Yes. And uh, so, but otherwise, just a general all-round liquid fertilizer. You're watering it at the same time, and uh, you know you're going to feed it up and just keep the leaves nice and green for you. Keep it healthy so it doesn't get any fungal diseases as well. So that's always important. Uh, oh, okay. If you've got uh, you know, some other sort of pelletized manure fertilizers like Bounce Back, uh, you uh-huh. can use that as well, just a sprinkling of that. But keep up the liquid fertilizers with it and keep up the potash if you want it to flower nicely for you. Okay, um, just uh, quickly, what about Thrive? I use that on all my other plants. That's fine. If you've, if you've got Thrive, you can continue using that. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. It's no okay, potash, thanks though, very is it? much, Scott. Thank you. Thank you, Val. Bye. It's La- no potash, though, is it? Uh, well, there is po- some potash in it. Last quarter of the year, I thought I had to get in about potash there. I knew you'd... Very good. You got... <laughs> You got the numbers up already for the afternoon. <laughs> well, Scott, pretty much that's it for the rest of for this year. Okay, it's been it has been a it's, it's been, been a, emotional. It's been emotional. I you know, a little, little little cry in each other's shoulder. <laughs> we, we will come back and we will see each other next year, so that's going to be all right. Most definitely. But before you do, go, Scott, is there anything else you want to throw out to before we wrap it up for the year? Oh, I was quickly going to talk about mango diseases, wasn't I? Yes, I've had right. that bit of rhyming slang the fandango for your mango. Yeah, definitely do that. I just I just made that up. I don't know <laughs> even know what it means, but uh, mangoes get anthracnose and they're all fungal diseases that they get. Uh, so if you don't want to have that, um, you know, that sort of blighty look on your uh, mango, you need to start spraying once the flowers are out yep. uh, because they can get like a blossom end rot in the anthracnose. So that's when you start using copper oxychloride or mancozet plus and uh, you can keep on spraying the leaves as well. That keeps the anthracnose under control. So it's, uh, it's such a, they're a great tree. They're a fast growing shade tree, but you do need, uh, to, uh, keep the fungal diseases under control with your mangoes if you want them to look beautiful and orange and yellow and tasty. Very good. Well, Scott, that's all for us. Excellent. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too.